welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Okay, uh, brief, brief intro. Hello, lovely uh, podcast listeners. Welcome to a special bonus episode. Uh, Josh and I are here. We are going to talk about Brandon Sanderson's latest release, The Lost Metal, which came out on November 18th, 2022. Uh, this is going to be kind of like a, just like a, a little reaction kind of episode. Uh, yeah. We'll probably have our good buddy Eli back on to do a more in-depth discussion of the book uh, at some point later. Um just the first five minutes here, we'll we'll talk no spoilers, our impressions of the book, and then we will be blasting into full-on spoiler territory, but I'll let you know when that happens. Welcome to No Cosmere Unturned. Oh my god. This, okay, I, do you think it's a spoiler to talk about how there's so much Cosmere shit in this book? No. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, so uh, listeners, if you're... You know, if you just read Mistborn books and are not aware of, there's a, you know, a larger universe in Brandon Sanderson's books called the Cosmere. It takes place, you know, over multiple planets. And, uh, you know, the Mistborn planet is part of that universe. And so other situations occur in this book that involve the larger grand scale story of uh the cosmere and like up until now the cosmere has been more of like kind of a a fun side thing it's like you know kind of like easter egg hunting in a book to find the cosmere connections this is i would say the first book where like no, it is explicitly about what is happening in the overall universe. And so if you haven't, if you're not into like the other Brent Sanderson books or like, you know, go into like Cosmere lore as a whole, I am really, really interested to hear what those people have to say about this book because it's, it's very Cosmere heavy. And I, I worry that there are concepts in this that will go over people's heads if you're not like Cosmere literate. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I am because there's, there's a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of con given a lot of context. It just may some of it may not have the same impact. It's like here's a good here's a good uh uh metaphor simile situation for that. So uh you know I watch wrestling and wrestling has a long history, and so. The people that I watch wrestling with now, some of them, you know, have been watching wrestling for a very long time, and some of them have are very new to wrestling. So when like they don't know, you know, this wrestler from Japan that was big in the early two thousands, and when they show up, uh, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know who this person is, but I can tell that you're excited about it, and uh, basically. And so, like, the energy of, like, oh, this is cool carries on to the, you know, the person that is new. And then you can give context to why this is cool. So, basically, like, even if you're not into the greater Cosmere, if you make a friend with someone who is, you can get the same uh, excitement about what is going on without even completely investing in you know, the other books in the series. But I guess that also, it depends, basically you surround yourself with good people and maybe it won't be uh, quite an issue, but. Yeah, I, I hope that's how it goes for people because like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I certainly enjoyed all the connections, but I was like, oh, like, are people going to be lost? There are two characters that appear in this book that uh, I don't know their books. But I still understood. That's true. Yeah. Overall, what did you like think of the book without spoilers? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great uh, button on this series. Um, you know, obviously, 
you're not gonna get everything wrapped up in a it's very hard to wrap everything in a series like this in a in a satisfying way and there were but i i did i felt happy with the amount of closure we got with you know the characters and the storylines that had been presented and i feel i'm i'm into the sort of questions that were left unanswered and the the things stretching into the future i'm mad because i want more mistborn now <laughs> i yeah. want it now because it you know the there was quite a lot of setup for the next era kind of in the last few chapters and i'm like i want it i want it now but no i i really enjoyed it you know it was it was funny it was heartwarming there's good action sequences um a lot of stuff you know comes together at the end in a very satisfying fashion so that that is you know often what Mistborn is to me you know it is it is it's action it's humor it's uh-huh. good well-developed characters that you love and uh and, and we got all of that in this book i agree overall i still think bands of mourning is the best of the second era books but this either this or book two to me probably is the second best um there are certain tropes that have occurred in this series that um i've grown tired of and i I do think the book is slightly hurt by the long period of time between books three and four it's like when seasons of a tv show like the final season is split into two separate years and it feels like some of the momentum from bands of mourning yeah is gone yeah but with what occurs in the book, I understand why he had to um, have this delay. But um, I'm really like the the um, uh, look at this. How does this fancy new technology work <laughs> trope? I am really tired of. You done with it? Yeah, like a, I'm so glad that. Error, error three will probably be in like an 80s fashion because like the it, it was good in bands of mourning when they like showed film and it was like it but now they have electricity and elevators and stuff so when like new technology is shown and they have like this weird reaction of oh how does this fancy thingamajig that we have no word for yet work I, I, I've grown a little tired of, but like all the like character moments in this book are like exceptional, especially like if you listen to the predictions uh, podcast, uh, I do not like Wayne. I, I did not like Wayne through books one through three. I he's an, and I think Brandon Sanderson has a habit of uh, making this, this quirky character and Shalon had this problem in the first Stormlight Archive book and he quickly figured out how to write her and fought after those books, after the first book. And I think Wayne had that problem for three books. But Wayne in this book is fantastic. I love Wayne in this book. So overall, uh it's like a good send off and almost like made me wish we had more uh Marcy, Wax and Wayne and Steris. Right? Yeah, yeah, cuz like uh yeah, yeah it, it is you know it, the end of the first Mistborn era was so like dr- like classic like epic fantasy, right? Like end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, spoilers for Mistborn era 1 if you haven't read it and you're listening to this for some reason, like Vin and Ellen both die. World is remade. Says as a god. Um, you know, it's a very like cut and dry end to that's that story, that series. Right. Whereas this is just kind of like like you know, they the 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 plot of the novel is accomplished and and you know, they still have like their lives to live and stuff. Right. And it's like, "Oh, but I want to see that because I care about them." This arc and these characters' lives is over, but their lives aren't mm-hmm. over. Yeah, yeah. While uh epic fantasy you tend to get like the entire life of a character yeah or the whole world changes mm. whereas in the and in this you know i think you can 
debatably argue that that there are world changing things that happen in this book. Um, I mean, there are that, yeah, but like not you know apocalyptic level that you get in a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say it's it's a good send off. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this book does well by its characters and it's almost like this book had was the like height of how good he could write these characters yeah yeah everything felt very earned uh very well written you know we've we've had a significant amount of time with these characters like more than we had with the characters in the in the uh, final empire and and I will say like one thing that the having a time time jump in this book was a kind of a nice way to or a nice thing was that you know he was able to kind of advance a lot of people's emotional um, arcs and relationships off screen, but in a way that still felt very natural. Like if Wayne and Steris had still been arguing this whole book, that would have driven me crazy. Right. But like it's been six years, like they've they've got their shit sorted like Wayne in general like has calmed down a lot like I think Mm. yeah like you said like he did a really good job of like maturing Wayne enough that he was like a way better character but he was still Wayne right and to me like for before this book came out to me it felt like that should have happened in Bands of Mourning rather than Mm -hmm. this book like which is why uh when we did our predictions, I had just listened to all the audiobooks of one through three, and I felt right. like a lot of the characters had had their little internal arcs and grown up, and Wayne had not hmm. reached that yet. Yeah. And so what, you know, was the comedic comic relief character there's a very thin line for me of comedic relief and character that is annoying. I need, I need a little, you can't, you have to have a little bit of emotional depth. And for me in the first three books, Wayne did not have that until like the very end of bands of mourning. But this book had almost the entire book was Wayne had like more emotional intelligence. And I also think comedy is sort of a little bit when Sanderson writes comedy in dialogue is much better than when he tries to write a character that is funny. Okay, okay. Like, you know, like like Shalon and and Kaladin talking to each other is often more funny with their back and forth rather than the way Shalon used to be written in book one, where she had like these little quips. Right. Like he's, he's great with banter. Yes. He He is very good with banter. Yeah. But then when a character tries to be funny to me, oftentimes they come off annoying, which like for Wayne, that makes sense. Cause a lot of the people in the book also find him annoying. Like you're annoying. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. So do we now uh, want to go into spoilers? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you haven't read the book, stop yeah. the podcast right, right fucking now because we're about to talk all spoilers. All spoilers. Okay. Here's your warning. Okay. This is your warning. All right. In three, two, one. You were right. I was right. I knew you it. You were right. You were right. Wayne dies. And you know what? The book made me like so regretful that i was right because it's like it's like oh you want to be right i'm gonna make you regret that (laughs) and it was also so telegraphed from the very beginning to me that he was gonna die well the the story at the beginning right like that his mom tells him like Mm -hmm. you have to get eaten up i was like oh and i I wasn't sure maybe if he would die die like but yeah and then him talking to the his money, his accountants, oh and him, God. like, describing it as dying. Wayne being a secret financial savant 
was a little silly, but I really loved it, actually. And and it did ultimately serve a plot purpose, too, which I appreciated. Um, so, yeah, but that was, like, so fun. He, he just, like, off the cuff, like, invents baseball. And he's like, go build the stadium. But it makes it made sense. Like his it did. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it was just it was such a weird character quirk that was very silly, but I really enjoyed. Like it, he's right. Like sports can be an you know an a outlet for people's mm-hmm. anger. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe. Uh, so it like it looks like era three is going to be like a cold war kind of vibe now. That's that's my take from it. We're gonna have like a kind of a Maoish basin cold war situation so like maybe yeah maybe like there'll be kind of like a a sports rivalry instead of an actual war here's the thing i was thinking of going into sazed his situation you know how for the longest time the for anyone that doesn't know um brandon sanderson has often talked about the pitch for error three and one of the original pitches was there would be a mistborn serial killer and the main characters would be um a like, like a SWAT team yeah, trying to yeah. get this what the political situation is with cops right now i feel i think he has said he's moving away from that but i was thinking so one of the big implications of this book is that wax accidentally makes derillium what is it or durasium and that is the the metal that can turn you into a mistborn, and he turns he makes it into like a almost like a, um f- like flakes or like sawdust yeah. level where he, he breathed it, it in. Yeah. So the implication is that um, you know mistborns are now in, could be if wax has more kids could be in the gene pool the little lines of people again. So I was thinking. He could still have a imagine a misborn serial killer. Uh, you you seen? Have you ever seen Dexter? I have, yeah. You know how Dexter only killed other serial killers. Mm-hmm. Imagine a Ooh. a misborn serial killer, but he's killing people that Harmony specifically Ooh. selected be to be killed. The whole issue that comes up in this book. Again and again, it's come up in other books, but it's very focused on in this book. Is Harmony not being able to take action and needing a sword, which is wax, in order to do the things that Harmony cannot? That would like harken back so much to you know era one, where like Mistborns were assassins, right? And like Wax says in this pick a new after like there's a, a scene where and i i imagine that scene um like dare the, sh- the the netflix daredevil was often famous for the one camera shot mm-hmm. scene where daredevil takes down a whole bunch of people there's a scene in, in like a tower where wax takes down a whole bunch of people yes. with a grenade launcher and a, and a bunch of guns Imagine that in the like Daredevil one shot uh way. And that's how I imagined it. And then after that happens, Wax is like, I'm not doing this anymore. So now I imagine Error Three, this serial killer, like by society's standards, he's a serial killer. Right. But he's actually like Harmony's agent. Protecting Skadriel via these kills. Dude, even like even if it wasn't necessarily like somebody that Harmony had sent, what if it was a ghost blood? Like somebody that Kelsier sets up basically to be like a protector and Harmony uh. isn't on board, but he can't do anything to stop Kelsier because he's so paralyzed by these conflicting powers within him. Yeah. I still, I really do like the idea of a Bistborn serial killer. It's just the, yeah. the SWAT team part that I was not into. Yeah. But it definitely like that could also be that could be part of the plot, and then the the Cold War thing seems like a definite like that is definitely yeah, gonna happen. especially if you're going eighties theme, like it makes sense thematically too. Dude, who the fuck drained the bands of mourning? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, I don't, I only have a theory on this. So somebody else on Reddit was talking about this too. My theory is that 
some is that Harmony did it basically. So that like some Chandra. So, so okay. So so my my theory right now is that this like goat shadow thing that Harmony has, uh, which I uh, you know is Discord basically, right. and that it is like an alternate personality within Seized, and so. Seized like has like a yeah like a split personality thing where like his a side that he doesn't remember ordered a Chandra to drain the bands or something. So you don't think Discord is another shard? I don't think so, but I don't I don't know. So I'm this is just I'm kind of like well it makes sense that maybe like you know Harmony would become Discord over time, but I'm not sure. Or. More in line with your theory, like Discord is the, you know, th- that's what happens when Harmony is 70% ruin, 30% yeah. Uh, preservation. Yeah. Yeah, because they bring that up again, and I had forgotten that, like, preservation is slightly weaker. Because yeah. people have preservation in them. Because, like, like, it probably won't go back to ruin and Harmony being separate again, but maybe it'll be one has more control than the other. And the the scene with Kelsier and says it at the end, where like I forget the exact word says it says, but Kelsier is like I don't want to be enemies with you, and then says it is like don't give me a, a reason to. It's yeah, very scary not, and like, threatening. Yeah, he doesn't say anything like I also don't want to be enemies with you. He's yeah, he's like. He's very non-committal. Oh, to me, it came off very like threatening. Uh, to me, it came yeah, off yeah. very like, yeah, like yeah, you wouldn't want that, Kelsier, because yeah, you lose. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So, oh, oh, some of the, another thing I was thinking too. So, like these investiture nukes, basically. Uh, oh yeah, I wanted uh, to ask you that. Do you think the bomb was a nuke? I think it was effectively a nuke. Yeah. Because it, it talks it was... about the splitting of energy. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the like, uh, Cosmere equivalent of a nuclear warhead. Yeah. That's going to be trouble. So, and, but also they create Lorassium and Atium when they detonate. So if people start dropping or even testing. It's in the water. Nukes, it's in the water. It's in the air. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I just thought of that now, actually, when we were talking oh my about God. it before. So there's like a couple. And then, you know, with um, hemallergy around and like there was that thing. They uh, there was the scene where they they spiked a woman who was not a, a misting, but mm. they spiked her to take that little bit of preservation out of her. Um, like because everybody think... has like the potential to be a misting, but it's all like different genetically. Yeah, and if you give you know somebody enough uh, unaligned kind of spikes, you know what kind of powers can you tr- trigger? So there's there's uh lots of potential fuckery to come in terms of powers and stuff. Oh, Honestly, yeah. one of the one thing I was thinking was like, how, how do you get Farukami back into the population? Like that one's that one's tricky because we haven't really seen like a source of it outside of genetics. Which one is that? Is that the Terraceman? That's the uh, Terrace thing, yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that will be the one remaining. But mm-hmm. it like the there seemed to be like an implication from Marisy that like what if like metalborn being manufactured? Yeah. Like imagine you know like pharmaceutical. Metalborn. Mm. Oh yeah, the, or like the the medallions that the Malwish make, right? Like if you can figure right. out how to give somebody, you know, more than two medallions at a time, you can you can make like uh what's the word? Um like DIY mistings, basically. Yeah. Or Mistborn, I, yeah. There's also a subtle thing that um oh maybe it's not subtle, but like the scene where the uh Vandell tries to get the governor to stand down because he represents harmony and then that the mayor was like I don't believe in your god yeah. I I I believe in industry and the spirit of man and stuff like that 
and uh, you know, it is implied that Marsh probably will not make it to era three of Mistborn. So like there's always even in this era, there's always been a religious aspect that, you know, had people behaving a certain way with harmony around, but in era three, they might be uh less religious. Yeah. And with the implication of that is that hemallergy will no longer be a um blas like considered blasphemy. Right. Yeah, it's just science. Yeah. The only problem is, is the like it the fact that it connects you to harmony directly. Mm-hmm, right. But who but if that sh- fucked well, up, yeah, you can't with, do anything. Right, exactly. Um what was your do you have like a favorite scene in this book? Ooh. That's tough. To me it was the uh the wax and wane uh drinking the beers on the um whatchamacallit? Mm. The billboard. Yeah, that that did ha- just come to me as well. And having that discussion about, you know, who Wayne is and who he was versus who he was. Yeah. And like needing forgiveness versus not needing it, and yeah, yeah, that was really good. the The stairwell scene was very good too, like from an action perspective. Yeah, stairwell scene was great. Um, I also really love um, uh, Wayne explaining uh, flaming money to <laughs> Wax because like it it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. by, and then that it that ties into the the later wax and wayne scene because mm-hmm. yeah he he does use the flaming bunny to get everybody out of the burning house yeah. but it's just funny of like uh throwing the cat out the window but, <laughs> and tricking tricking the cat uh tricking the people using the cat oh i'm saving the pet so everybody knows <laughs> it's real and has to get out yeah but, and then wayne being uh wax being like oh but you had to steal a cat to save the cat from the house that you lit on fire. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I really liked um, the Starris point of views as well. Like, they're n- not necessarily like a particular scene, but it was great to get a point of view, point of view chapters from her and see kind of how her brain works. Also, I realized that if she sells her bones to Vendel, we could see Starris for a while still. Oh, that's true. She could stick around, even if, like, he doesn't take her personality. Although, to be fair, he kind of has her personality already, so. Yeah. Staris had, like, we talked about Wayne a lot, but Staris has a good arc in this. Yeah. I like finding her place in the world and... Yeah, totally. uh, Realizing that she could have validation. Because she's also, like, what we've seen of her point of views in other books... She thinks very low of herself. Yeah. Kind of like Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, truly. And yeah, and I, I love the bit where she's like, uh, yeah, the uh, volumes one through five are city evacuation plans. I was bored last summer. Uh, the taxes were already down for the next three years, so. It's great. What, a character that I actually really liked in this book was the the person, the fake, the fake Wayne the oh gertruda yeah she was great (laughs) yeah she was way better than fake wax yeah fake fake wax was just kind of creepy yeah because he had like a uh because he was more like of a zealot than yeah fake wayne yeah fake wayne fake wayne was creepy when she's like started talking about like enjoying the pain um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she was funny. Like the bit where actually, yeah, the the bit where she just walks into the speed bubble when we first meet her. Yeah, that is a crazy moment, and it's fantastic. Should we talk about the ghost bloods? Yeah. yeah. What did you think of uh, Moonlight and um, Twin Soul? I love Twin Soul. Lovely, lovely uh, rock rock power grandpa. Mm-hmm. Was it implied that he's old? He, they say he looks old. Oh, okay. He appears old, um, but what that actually means we don't know. And he, so he's from an upcoming series. Uh, so this is like our first look at like that world and how that world works. 
Um, so I'm excited to get more of that. And then, and then, uh, I don't think it's like confirmed, like words of Brandon confirmed, but Moonlight is shy from the Emperor's Soul. Which I have not read. Was that... I think you would really enjoy it. It's very quick too, so I think you would. Be was that a short story it. or was that the unreleased I think it's book? Technically a novella, but it's released. Yeah, it's it's quick. Um, yeah, uh, and it, yeah, that it's a really cool magic system where like yeah, you carve like um, stamps like. So it, yeah. he he based it off of like Chinese like signature stamps. And so what she does, she she talks about it in this book. She basically, like, rewrites the history of an item or a person using magic. Um, and then she turns herself into a freaking Elantrian! Yeah, that's what made me confused, was that she... Yeah, so, so the Emperor's soul takes place on the same planet as Elantris. Oh, yeah. okay, that... Yeah. That so, makes that much more clear. Yeah, the, the idea with uh, that planet, which is called Cell, is that um, the magic is all, like, image-based there, basically. Uh -huh. So, like, the way the Elantrians can, like, draw their glyphs and stuff, and, like, Sions are, like, little floating glyphs. Um, there was Shies. a Sion in this book, right? And the, when they yeah, first go to yeah, the Yeah, yeah, when we first talked to Kelsier, we talked to him through a Sion. Okay. And then... She's not actually an Elantrian, but yeah, just but takes she, on. Yeah, so she rewrites her herself. So in in I don't think it's a spoiler to say this. Like in the Emperor's Soul, she does use stamps to rewrite people and to rewrite herself, and she like can give herself different backgrounds. So like you know, she gives herself like a fighter background at one point. She gives herself a she she kind of explains that in this one. Yeah, and so you get you get more of it in the Emperor's Soul, but I think they did a pretty decent job explaining it in this. One of the things that you kind of learn in the Emperor's Soul is like rewriting a person is really hard because mm. a person is so many different things, right? Like it's not just a door. So for her to, and I mean, she needed an entire jar of the fucking door that they just have in jars, which is crazy, um, to do it. But yeah, the fact that she could basically make herself an Elantrian is crazy. So the the perpendicularity that Marisi closes was that that wasn't the Well of Ages, was it? I don't know because that's what I thought it was, but I don't think it's in the right spot. But then maybe Seiza just moved it. That's what I was thinking that yeah. everything was moved. So he must have uh, just moved it. But I think you're right. I think it was the Well of Ascension. It's too early though. But again, like things are different now. Like because it nor. Previously, it only filled up every thousand years. Right. But maybe they were doing something. Maybe they were filling it somehow. But also, he moved where the how far the planet is from the sun. Yeah. So there's enough different. I my my takeaway was that it was meant to be the Well of Ascension. Yeah. Doesn't each shard have a perpendicularity? So yes. Could so the Well of Ages wasn't that ruins perpendicularity. I believe so. So maybe yeah. this is preservation's perpendicularity? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's on a different cycle? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I feel... I, the one thing I got from this book is that I feel like I need to reread oh, books know. one through three. <laughs> like, And I love those books. I do. But it's like, fuck. God damn it, Brandon. Why you gotta do this to me? Like, oh, like that, uh, that bit I sent you last night. Uh, somebody on Reddit... There is a fucking... I'm going to find it so I can read it properly to the people. Because this book has, you know, talks about a, like, shadow, a dark shadow behind Sazed. And Wayne sees it when he di when he dies. Spoiler alert, Wayne dies. And Kelsier sees it too. And I think even Wax sees it. Does he talk so, to yeah. Actually, I think Kel Wax sees it and Kelsier comments that it's not there when he's chatting with Sazed. Mm. He makes a, I think he makes a comment like, "Oh, he wasn't followed by his shadow as he as he so often is these days." So maybe there's something with Kelsier and that shadow. Oh, maybe that shadow doesn't want to be because Kelsier has the 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 the, the hemallergy vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe there's something the shadow mm. discord as we think it is, yeah. doesn't want 
he doesn't want uh, Kelsier to see. Yeah. So, so listeners, there is a quote from the Hero of Ages. Quote, and his name shall be Discord, and they will love him for it. End quote. So now I've got to reread the whole... I could probably just get away with rereading the Hero of Ages, to be honest, but... Uh, yeah, I don't really, I, I really don't want to reread Well of Ascension. <laughs> just well of Ascension, I feel like you can skim because there's some great shit in the Well of Ascension, but uh, there's also a lot of like Wes Allen's twin name Zane. Zane. I fucking yeah. hate Zane. I hate Zane, Zane so much. He's insane. Zane is my least favorite Mistborn character ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Probably my least favorite Cosmere character ever. He sucks, and he's also not well-written. Like, yeah. lots of Brando's villains suck, but their well-written suck. Um, let me mm-hmm. look at my notes here. Oh, I was almost right about Marasi becoming a world topper. I was so close. Yeah. I was so close. And I'm, I'm, it does make sense for her to go the other route. I'm mostly just mad because now we're not going to see her again, maybe, because I wanted her to stick around and be more books. Her and Alec, though, were very cute. Uh, in book. I know. I was like, I'm, I'm like of two minds where like, I wish we had gotten more Alec, but also he is a precious boy who must be protected and kept away from danger. Right. Yeah. And it's nice to see that he's recovered. Yeah. And he loves to bake. I wonder if that will have implications, because we, 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 let's assume Alec and Marasi get married and have have children, have kids. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I mean, they don't mention it in this, but I have to imagine there's at least a couple of cross continental pairings. Although certainly they would be the most prominent. It's touched on in this book a little bit, and. Is a subject that I both worry and am interested to see in the next Mistborn book, Arrows books. But I guess he does with Light Eyes in Stormlight Archives. Sanderson does not write a lot of racism in his books. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of it here where um, that governor, no, that governor, um, the mayor calls. The Maoish dirty maskers yeah, in this book, yeah. and I don't know, listeners, if some of you are young, the eighties was filled with a lot of racism. Yeah. So if overt. if he's modeling, yeah, if he's modeling his uh, next era on that, and it was like you know the way it is topic of discussion now it was also a big topic of discussion in the 80s so for i i am both interested and slightly worried because yeah. it, it, it is a tough subject to write um and to write it there's like a very thin line between writing it well and writing it badly but i do think sanderson is a good enough writer that i think he could he, do it it's not even so much that he's a good enough writer. He is a in-depth researcher. Yes. Enough he, that he I feel like he would cover it well. And yeah, he gets he gets people from relevant communities to like look at his work and he talks right. to them and yeah. Yeah, if if reader uh, listeners if you go to the acknowledgments in this book, he talks about his uh his sensitivity readers. He shouts them out. So he definitely even if he can't write it well, or if he, it probably won't reach a published book if it's not written well, because he has people that check up, you know, check in with him on that on those subjects. I did. I did actually just have a thought too. I mean, depending on when this next series happens, I guess like some of the people we see in this could still be alive. Like Marasi's only like thirty at the end of this, so if the next series is in like. 50 years right and also technology is moving yeah very far fast. faster so like yes the amount of time it, it, it for us to go from you know the west to the 80s will be a much shorter period of time years, yeah because they it's only been like six years 
and electricity is already a major part of their lifestyle in this book. And I think probably having alamancers probably. Yeah. I got a I got a very um like nineteen twenties kind of vibe from this mm-hmm. book, like especially in filming, like the way everything's described, like it sounds very like Art Deco, like the you know the the style of everything sounds like an analog or um, an equivalent to like our nineteen twenties. When you think about the fact that like yeah, when the book started seven years before, we were solidly in the eighteen hundreds still. Right. I do think the um, the scene where it was revealed what happened to the um, Alamancers that were kidnapped in the oh. first book, that was so fucked up. Fuck! Oh my god! I, that, that was like, was, oh my god. Like, I, I genuinely had no idea what was happening there, and I was so curious. I was like, what is this community thing? And when, when we found out, I was like, oh, damn! Yeah, the amount of trauma those people that like think their entire world was destroyed in order to, and then to find out it wasn't, and that people have, you know, been living their lives for seven years. Oh my god, the the one woman who was like, you know, I have two children up there. Like, I hope they lived. And Marasi's just like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's, and then to, yeah, it's so screwed up. And it's yeah. like, and then to yeah to find out that you were like kidnapped and lied to for seven years as part of reading program Ugh. Mm-hmm. especially for marasi's relative i forget uh, her name yeah. something palms armas or something like that it will require a lot of, she'll require a lot of therapy because you know she has kids because of this breeding program but be, she also loves her kids so it is like a you know fucked up layers of emotional trauma yeah it's dark it's really fucking dark yeah it is really especially i guess it's not that dark for brandon brandon does write some dark stuff yeah (laughs) it was screwed up yeah like it it affected me when like i found that one like i realized what was the implication i was like oh my god the the scene that the part that hit me and then like the part at the end where they go back up to the surface and Marasi's like showing them the city, and the uh, and the yeah the arm armor. Anyways, Steris's cousin, you know, yeah. she says, "Did you use the last seven years? Did or did you waste them? Like I just lost them. How did you spend the last seven years?" Yeah, and then she that has an implication on her decision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not to join the Ghost Bloods. Which, by the way, listeners, I want to point out. Ghost Bloods. So, uh. founded by Kelsier, who was a Mistborn. And he's from a time where there was lots of mist, and so they thought they were mist wraiths. Wraiths, which are ghosts. And therefore, Mistborns are carried on through the bloodline. Therefore, Mistborn equals ghost blood. Oh my god. And I don't know if this is canon, but yeah. if if Sanderson ever says this and reveals this, I just want to be known that I thought of it first. Yep, yep. He's well, not thought it. of it, but discovered it first. <laughs> yes, yes. And Kelsier is the kind of corny dude that oh, would yeah. do that. Like, well, he made the symbol, like, his wife's flower. I do like that. I like that, too. Especially because, like, that symbol's been around for a while because, like, spoiler alert for the stormlight archive like the ghost bloods are in the stormlight archive and they have been for a while and the the symbol is described and not that we could have put two and two together there but like hearing it explained in this book i was like ah and this series takes place after books one through five yes of stormlight archive so that has more implications Mm -hmm. and uh Ayatil, who is a ghost blood in the Stormlight Archive, her brother is in this book. Is that the one that threatens? Yeah, Quickie uh, guy. Yeah, he's the one that threatens to be like, "Oh, Marcy knows too much. We should get rid of her." Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so who, who do you think is? So Moonlight says that her job is to keep an eye on an enemy of the Ghost Bloods. Mm. I wonder. I don't. 
maybe Seizen himself? Maybe. Or maybe, like... It could be anyway. What if it... It, it could have been... Oh, it was it was so weird how I was so taken aback, not in a bad way, but when Odium and Roshar are mentioned in this book, I was like, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because, like, whatever's happening is happening after book five of Stormlight, and it's like... And, and he really did not leave any hints as to how, how, how yeah. the Roshar situation goes, which I think is smart. Because there's supposed to be a hundred years between books five and six of Stormlight Archive, and what hap- happens then, we have no idea. And, like, depending on when this happens, too, you can even theoretically have Era 3 of Mistborn happening at the same time as the second set of Stormlight books. I think that's likely. Yeah. But also, we're not going to know for, like, another 15 years, so... Yeah, we'll be doing this podcast when we're senior citizens, yes. being like, oh, Stormlight Arcade finally ended. <laughs> Back in my day, kids, we had one book, and it was called The Way of Kings, and we read it a lot, because it was really long. Oh, man, I had books one through... Th- Did I have the third book? No, I didn't. I had... I tried to... Because it was, like, at the height of being annoyed with George R. R. Martin and... Patrick Ruffus when Stormlight Archives started coming out. So it was like I knew I and so many people that it was like Stormlight, oh this sounds great Stormlight Archives but I'm not going to read it right away. Because it's going to be 10 books it's not going to be finished for 30 years. Right. And then I got a friend to read the Mistborn books and he loved them so much he bought the Stormlight Archives books and started reading them, and he's like, well, I'm not going to let him know more things than I do. <laughs> he he, Marty McFly'd you into reading it. And, yeah, we, we no, we really did have, like, competitive reading, because, nice, like, nice. it was, like, same, same situation with A Song of Ice and Fire when A Dance of Dragons came out. It was like, oh, I got to read the whole series before he, he does. Yeah. And now that I get arcs for books, I'm like, hee hee hee, I yeah. know things you don't. <laughs> and he just started reading The Locked Tomb. Nice. And is like telling me about it. I'm like, ha 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 ha, I've already read all those. <laughs> oh, especially with The Locked Tomb, it's so much like, bitch, you don't even know. You just gotta keep reading. Shit gets crazy. Yeah. I, I won't say any spoilers, but he just got up to the part with the reveal of what happened to Harrow in the second book. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on I I really liked it. You know, it's as much as it it raised so many questions and like did while it was a pin you know, while it was a bookend to this era, it left, you know, so much up in the air for future right. times in a way that was is exciting and a little bit frustrating, mostly just because we're gonna have to wait for it. Um yeah. it was yeah, I think it wasn't as self contained as Era One. But in a in a good way, in a nice way, and I I hope that it becomes like the the real like Cosmere gateway drug for people because um, the Cosmere is fun, and I like finding the Easter eggs and the connections and yeah. yeah. I think uh, this series will have a um will have a more lasting impact when Era Three is out because it'll be mm-hmm. like the cognitive tissue. That yeah. connects Era 1 with yeah. Era 3 and then the rest of the Cosmere. I did yeah. find this book more than on any of the others. Parts where I would just zone out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a little long. It was a, li- a little long, yeah. but like, I feel like every character had a good um, wrapping up of their yeah. situation. Yeah, definitely. And had a lot of good character moments and a good emotional depth as well as plot action cool stuff happening yeah. Yeah. It, it was a good mm-hmm. final book yeah yeah like middle chapters are hard and i think this is very much the middle chapter between three misborn eras and uh and it's still very satisfying in the end so yeah it's also impressive because this series was not yeah planned no 
Like, it, it was originally just going to be the alloy. First, there was nothing. And then it was originally just going to be the alloy of law. And that's yeah. it. The idea that we would have gone directly to the 80s is, like, bonkers to me now. Yeah, that would have been insane. Huge jump. Huge. I don't think it would have worked. I don't think he would. I, I bet you if we had made the jump directly to the 80s, we wouldn't have as much shit going on. Like, as much technological shit going on. Like, I don't think he would jump to the 80s and we would have medallions and hemallergy and investiture nukes. Like, I think, I don't think it would have been as much. But because right. he had this whole series where he was able to, like, build that up. So, yeah, check out Mistborn Era 2. Now, there's, if you're the type of person that only reads books when the series is finished, this is now over, and now you can read it. Like all of the other times, you can find me on various social medias at Steph O'Kingston. Uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere at 4 or 5 Wits, and go to geekly.com slash reading to read all our reviews and see updates on this podcast. And Yeah. And you can find Christina on various things at Oladdy Girl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Books. Forms. Cosmere. Cosmere. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.